the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Yeah, they checked my ID at the door and uh, determined it was still me, so here we are. (laughs) Hello and good afternoon. Welcome. Five minutes after the hour of 5 o'clock on your basic Thursday, fourth day of March. Bass Convention starts tomorrow. They doing that? Yeah, they certainly are. Going to be all virtual, all online. One of the keynotes are going to join us here in a little bit. Clay Allen will drop in for a visit. We'll talk a bit about what he'll be addressing during his workshops at the Bass Convention. We'll also talk um, in relationship to our ongoing series of the revelations pertaining to the, uh, the national ministry leader, and uh, the need to really, frankly, openly um, allow for the opportunity to, um, to really look at the kind of danger that addictive behavior can bring about, and most importantly, how to get relief and how to restore your marriage relationship. So Clay Allen will be by for a visit coming up in just a bit. We want to lead off, though, with an update on the world of money. It's been um, kind of an interesting ride so far in in 2021, and in many respects, performance on the big board has defied all expectations for the better part of a year now in the wake of the impact of COVID-19, which seems to be felt more significantly on Main Street as opposed to Wall Street. Let's get a look at what transpired today in the markets. We're joined now by Premier Financial Advisor with Vitucci and Associates, Dan Beltran. Dan, good to have you with us. So how did we wrap up the day? Craig, we uh, we wrapped up the day down. The Dow ending down about a percentage point at 30,924. Uh, the S&P down about 1.3% at 3768 and the Nasdaq with the biggest slide amongst the three over 2% in the red at 12723. Ouch. And and this has been kind of an EOR not just a day but frankly a year so far as we're a scant to 2 months into it and change um on the Nasdaq which of course is a bit ironic given the fact that it was really the big hero. If you um saw decent performance in your 401k during 2020, likely a lot of that came from the NASDAQ. So what's changing? Well, investor expectations, uh, amongst other things. But you're right, the NASDAQ has seen returns like no other index. Um, And, you know, just this week, we've seen a bit of a slide, and everybody's kind of wondering what's going on here. But uh, a lot of the big tech names are, are selling off, you know, Tesla's at uh, its, its lowest point in three months. I mean, who who would have thought that we'd be uh, so alarmed by 
you know, a big name being uh, lower than it was, you know, over the last three months. It's just not that big of a deal in, in the long-term time frame. But, you know, we're so caught up with these amazing returns over this, uh, you know, very short period. But, you know, we're talking about a lot of things here. Uh, inflation expectations, uh, the Fed dealing with that in a certain way. Investors are looking for yield. Uh, gone are those days, obviously, of those baby boomers that can remember the double-digit savings deposits uh, and the interest they earned there, uh, CDs as well. Um, you know, bond yields just don't give you very much these days. Investors are looking towards uh, dividends. We're looking to uh, energy and industrials, uh, real estate, um, just any way to... Uh, generate some healthy dividends, but with interest rates low, let's not forget that asset prices perform really well. Let's talk, you mentioned in that list real estate, and we know certainly real estate has historically been a, uh, a perennial winner. We certainly understand in terms of local Bay Area real estate that it's defied all the odds and continued to be uh, buoyant, even as we've seen some of the flight out of cities like San Francisco with the folks choosing to uh, work remotely and do so in cheaper parts of the country, yet benefit from the San Francisco-level salaries. And so um, we've seen the uh, real estate markets in the Bay Area hold up pretty well. But I have to wonder, that probably has not at all been the case in relationship to a retail space. And as we look at kind of the gutting of the traditional brick-and-mortar stores, I would imagine there's a lot of downward pressure now on what had been a pretty successful historical investment vehicle, and that's REITs, or real estate investment trusts. Does this suggest, with current market conditions and so many uh, stores that are struggling to recover from COVID and other big chains just saying, that's it, we wave the flag, as, for example, Fry's Electronics did here just last week, that folks need to revisit their investment choices, their diversification in their portfolio? Well, you always want to do that, um, you know, with a level of frequency that suits your needs. But, you know, real estate is in a position where it hasn't been in, in you know, a really long time, where you have residential sales uh, going through the roof. Homes are getting picked up, uh, you know, before they go on the market. And they're getting picked up at, you know, 10, sometimes 20% over asking price. Uh, compare and contrast that to the commercial real estate market. Uh, you know, I, I took a walk downtown Walnut Creek just a couple of weeks ago, and there was one block that literally seemed empty from beginning to end. And these stores, they, they moved out. There were signs on the windows, and it was just an eerie feeling. So you're right. You know, you have residential real estate doing really well, commercial real estate doing the opposite. Most of these REITs own commercial office space. Now, there's different variations with industrial buildings uh, and, and other things as well, but the one thing they do have going for them is low rates. So a lot of these REITs, if they have positive cash flow, are able to hold on to low fixed rate loans that they have, and that gives a nice spread uh, to where you're able to collect rent and still make a nice profit for investors. But if the renters leave, like we're seeing currently, it remains to be seen how those portfolios play out. And when it comes time to refinance those loans, one, three, five, seven years down the line, 
we'll have to see what interest rates are at that point. So, you know, I wouldn't focus too heavily on, on real estate as an income producer, uh, but you don't want to leave it out as well. You, you definitely need to relook things as a whole. Yeah, striking the balance and, and adjusting as time moves on and market conditions uh, and, and certainly one's uh, appetite for risk and timeline toward retirement uh, change as they will throughout the course of our lifetime. Has this been a particularly painful time and maybe even a discouraging time for people looking at smaller levels of real estate investment, for example, um, the individual that might say, you know, I don't know if I'm going to put money in a REIT, but I wouldn't mind investing in maybe a, a, a couple of family unit uh, duplex or a single family dwelling and, and do a bit of the landlord thing for a while. Um, I would imagine given the number of people unemployed and the current restrictions on evictions and things of that sort, that this has been in addition to the pain that many retail um real estate organizations are feeling because of what's happened with the impact of COVID on business that a lot of these smaller landlords have probably suffered pretty bad too, haven't they? There's no question about that. I, I actually recently spoke with a client who was, uh, I'll say, annoyed to use a, a, a polite term because, you know, he has this building rented out. The government comes in and says, your renters no longer have to pay but they need to stay. And so it just goes against the principles uh, that, that we've lived with for, for so long. And so a lot of these folks are stuck between a rock and a hard place. Now, there are still some good investment opportunities out there, and every situation is different. In terms of real estate, it's like asking, you know, how's the weather in the United States? Well, it's sunny in San Diego, and it's freezing in Minnesota. And so real estate markets will vary depending upon where you are and the opportunity. But you definitely need to give it a thorough thought process because whenever you buy an individual piece of property, you concentrate your risk. Whenever you do that, you give yourself, yes, the opportunity for nice returns, but also the opportunity to be hurt should things move the other way. So uh, it's just another opportunity to, to really give things a fresh look and, and do a top-down plan approach. And if you'd like to get a little bit of help in that fresh look, maybe you have been going it alone for all this time, you kind of said it and forgot it, well, Pat Vitucci always reminds us, don't invest and forget. you got to invest, but you got to also actively manage those assets, be it in a 401k or IRA or even personal savings for things like buying a house or maybe putting a child through school through a 527 plan. Want to get more information? 529 plan. Want to get more information? Maybe schedule a complimentary appointment with Dan Beltran or any member of the Vitucci and Associates financial advisory team. Well, an easy thing to do is simply go online to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Your other easy option is to call them toll free at 888 Plan Wise. That's 888. P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Our thanks to Dan Beltran, Premier Financial Advisor. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. We have begun a series that started a couple of weeks ago. And those of you that joined us for our conversation recently with Stephen Otterburn know that we're trying to kind of unpack the layers of of complexity in relationship to the recent news 
of the challenges being faced now by Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. You know, when you think of it, witnessing the fall or failure of someone that has impacted our life, maybe been looked upon as a spiritual mentor or uh, somebody that we greatly admire, watching that elicits deep, painful emotions and confusion. We often feel betrayed and embarrassed that we even put our trust in them in the first place. And the more public our faith in them, the more public perhaps our shame and the deeper our anger. We might wonder if there's anyone that we can truly trust. And maybe even if our life has been truly significantly impacted by that individual, even call to question our own faith. These emotions undoubtedly describe the way many of us have felt since the allegations first began surfacing. And while today we are not going to deal with the salacious details or the gossip, not necessary, the broader issue, though, needs to be talked about. There is a, uh, a parent, according for the admission of the organization, um, pattern of abuse here. And abuse, of course, in the end, damages survivors' thinking. It sometimes were then not clear, and maybe sometimes even become unwitting or unintentional enablers of the abuse. Joining me now as we talk about the impact, and most importantly, how to get freedom and victory, is Clay Allen. Clay is the founder and president of Avenue, a sexual restoration ministry. And um, Clay, by the way, is going to be one of the Bass Workshop presenters at the upcoming online Bass Convention. We'll get more details about that and what he'll be speaking on um, later on in our conversation. Meanwhile, Clay, good to have you with us. And uh, undoubtedly, you, like many of us, uh, heart sick, shocked, dismayed, disappointed in this news. And of course, after we've had a little time to sort of think through and process um, what it means in terms of the impact on um, that ministry, the broader notion then of the impact on the victims, the survivors, and the fact that uh, this is not an unusual set of circumstances. In fact, this is more common, I think, than most of us are aware of. And it, it leads me to, I guess, a, a, an important leading question, and that is when you look at the amount of destruction that can be done, why do men tend to, and not all certainly, but why do men, even those within the bonds of faith, go outside of marriage or seek uh, other avenues like uh, pornography in the first place? Uh, it's a great question, Craig. It's uh, a joy to be with you, and it's uh, unfortunate we have to talk about this with somebody like Robbie. But, you know, it's interesting, your question, uh, because it's not just men uh, that struggle in this area. Obviously, women struggle as well. We're at about 35% of women right now who are struggling with inappropriate sexual behavior. We like to call it toxic sexuality. There's lots of names for it, but it's the misuse of sex. Men in particular are susceptible to this because God created men to be visual. And when men are not cultivating grass in their own backyard to be nice and green, they go look for uh, greener grass elsewhere, right? And so this struggle is very, very real for men. Now, what's really interesting about this is it's rarely ever about the sex. Um, it's about something else. We call it root causes. There's uh, generally... Uh, 
uh, four or five of these uh, as far as these causes. But what's really incredible about this is a man can spend an enormous amount of his life, uh, uh, not just in time, but creativity and money, uh, trying to pursue things to satiate that craving of uh, inappropriate sexual uh, thoughts or behaviors. And it, it's incredible how much time is spent. And so this is not exclusively a men's problem, but men typically, uh, because God has created us men to be visual, are much more uh, susceptible to the temptations, uh, visually speaking. And so those uh, the four general roots, uh, which is really important to understand, is part of the reason as to why a man is visually attracted to go outside of his marriage. And the first is he, he is probably struggling with one of these four. The first is that God created man in particular to be visual, and that's visual with boundaries, though. And when he goes outside those boundaries and starts involving himself with boundaryless sex, sex that doesn't honor God, uh, in, in his spirit and his heart and his mind, all become polluted at once. And when he does this, it's incredible that he continues to seek this out with a goal of satiating his heart, his mind, his behavior, and so forth. And it's absolutely impossible. That's the first of four of these root causes. And the more he delves into it, the worse it will get. Unless, like a tractor beam, unless he gets rescued, unless somebody comes in and, and comes up alongside him and helps him out of this tractor beam, it is incredibly strong, the tractor beam. And if you've never struggled with this, it's hard to imagine how difficult it is to get out from under this, but uh, it can be done. We've done it for 26 years, and we've helped people do this, but it's very real as far as this tractor beam. One of the other things that uh, root cause is uh, uh, a biological uh, mechanism that goes on in our minds. Uh, when we get involved in t uh, toxic sexuality, it literally creates a mental freeway to a brain's reward receptors, and it creates an addictive mechanism. And that mechanism, what we call a fantasy world or an altered state, literally becomes their sexual orientation. Uh, it could be uh, just simply your imagination. And it could be much more than that as well, from visual to actual behaviors. But whatever that altered state is, that's what you're orienting to towards. And that's what you're motivated to feed. What's incredible about pornography, what's incredible about inappropriate sexual behavior, and this applies to anybody, is that it's the only craving, and Paul talked about this in Corinthians, he says it's the only sin that's different than all the other sins. And one of the neurological, physiological ways that we prove that is it's the only craving known to man that is not satiated by more of the same thing. But it's a combination of more and different that satiates, or at least attempts to satiate the pornography or the inappropriate sexual behavior. So think about that for a minute. It's not just more, it's something different. So that forces the brain then to go seek out something different. And this is exactly your point. How does the boundary of marriage is getting blown away and, and the fence is knocked down? And it's that right there that will motivate a man if he's not careful and if he's not set up in, in his life with encouragement and accountability and so forth to, to literally blow down those fences and walk across the, the next garden to, to greener grass. And, and the, 
and the, and the toxicity that comes along with that, along with the pollution. So those are two of the four major uh, root causes uh, to answer your question. And, and it's, it's really sad in the sense that when you see this happen, and I, we've helped thousands and thousands of men, and I've actually made a graph about this, that when you start into this process, you literally become desensitized after a certain period of time. In other words, you get bored with that type of behavior that caused you to get aroused, uh, whether it was visually, mentally, or physically. And as you become bored with whatever you got away with, if you wish, uh, you then escalate in frequency and intensity to achieve the original uh, uh, arousal. And, and, and that's where things start to extraordinarily get dangerous because it then leads to something called actualization. This is where you actually have to do something with another person in order to achieve the same exact arousal. Now, imagine a pipe, if you wish, uh, uh, and your pipe is maybe an inch or two in diameter. That's your nor normal neural pathway in your brain, sexually speaking, uh, figuratively, uh, figuratively speaking. When you get involved in sexual brokenness and illicit behavior, that one or two inch pipe it becomes a foot in diameter, then two feet, then three feet, then four feet. It's enormous. And all of a sudden you have to feed it and feed it and feed it so much uh, information and so much uh, behaviors in order to have the same satiated experience. Uh, and that's what happens. And it literally becomes, it takes over your life. And it becomes very, very secretive because uh, you, you would rather uh, almost... Uh, come to the end of your life and to have you exposed it's that serious and uh but and, and of course the, the the irony behind that though is that then there are occasions when sometimes it does come to the surface or there are yes. perhaps behaviors that raise some of the proverbial red flags and then those around you either rub their eyes and say no i, I i'm sure i'm not seeing what i'm seeing or i clearly must have misinterpreted something here and suddenly the desire for this not to be happening, especially I think for a spouse, becomes so overwhelming that they now accidentally on purpose become a, a unwitting participant in the sense that they're kind of um, helping to facilitate the cover-up by saying, well, I, I just I don't believe it. It can't be. It's impossible. And, and therefore almost become enablers as they are so hard-pressed, perhaps out of pain, to look the other way and deny what they're thinking is happening because maybe the motivation of keeping a marriage together, concern over children, money, whatever it might be, seems to be a stronger motivation than really getting at the heart of what the problem is and ultimately working on it to, uh, to find um, freedom for the individual and salvation for the marriage. Visiting with me today is Clay Allen. He, of course, is the founder and president of Avenue, a sexual restoration ministry. He's going to be one of the um, workshop presenters at the upcoming Bass Convention. That'll be, as opposed to being uh, in person, be a virtual online this uh, Friday and Saturday. We'll give you more details about that. We'll also have Clay share with us a bit about what he'll be talking about during his workshops. Meanwhile, let's get you an update on traffic, and then we're going to come back to more of our conversation with Clay Allen as this edition of Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. 
Clay Allen with us today, the founder and president of Avenue, a sexual restoration ministry. Clay, by the way, is going to be one of the workshop presenters at the uh, somewhat scaled-down Bass Convention, certainly much different from what we had just a year ago. My, how times change. They will be conducting the Bass Convention online, and um, you can join in uh, virtually by going to BassConvention.org. That's BassConvention.org. And before we... uh, uh, we move along here um, with Clay. We'll have him uh, give us a look into what he's going to be talking about during his workshop at the convention. But returning to the subject at hand, we've been discussing the fallout of the recent revelations of a national ministry leader's um, challenges, shall we say. And the one thing that sort of seems to be a hallmark, and in this case here, Clay, the ministry organization has been very open and very candid about the notion that there was just an inclination towards not keeping the gates in place at every level where they should have, and in some cases, looking the other way. And I suppose the inclination to look the other way is born out of what? Either a a desire to want to always think the best in people, or maybe to the fear, the, the emotional strain of, well, what happens if this is true? What does it look like? And I would imagine in the case of a spouse, the notion of, gee, this this could destroy, if he's a public figure, my husband's work, my husband's ministry. This could destroy our marriage. What about the kids? And so is it sometimes easier with those types of pressures to to really talk yourself into denying what appear to be signs that should raise legitimate concern? Yeah, that's a really good question, uh, Craig. And I want to address it in two ways. One is a spouse that discovers or suspects uh, their their husband uh, or spouse, as the case may be, uh, uh, that's in, involved in some type of inappropriate behavior. And then the other category would be uh, friends or business associates. And you're spot on with your comment there uh, about the business associates or friends, because what actually happens with a non-spouse person is people become enablers when the approval or fear of man or one's circumstances become more important than the approval and fear of our Father in Heaven. And then uh, becoming that type of enabling of bad behavior just doesn't happen one day. It's a slow percolation, and there's always five steps to it. Uh, and, and this progression of going through the five steps gets blown through every single time somebody makes a decision. And those five, real quick, that's one of the things I'm going to be sharing about is uh, uh, how, when you are weighing something like this and whether you're going to become an enabler or not, you have to weigh it first in your heart, then in your mind, and then you have to confess it uh, in some fashion with your mouth, and then you have to actually go and do something and then you have to weigh the cost and make a decision as to whether you're willing to pay the cost. Those five things is the filter in which every single enabler has to go through in order to come to the conclusion as to whether they're going to enable or not. And it's all uh, fueled by the fear of man and circumstances, you point out, being heavier and weightier than the fear of God. Now, with respect to a spouse, my wife wrote, uh, my wife Susan wrote an incredible series of called The Healing Choice. And in that uh, uh, program, she has something that she's written called uh, a red flag, and it's also called, um, you know, how do you know if your husband's really uh, uh, doing what he says he's doing? And 
uh, being accountable and so forth. There are all kinds of uh, reasons why a spouse would uh, be afraid, uh, she'd be angry if she found out if this is really happening. And so a lot of times there's this self-denial, like you point out, with a spouse. Uh, she's often blaming herself, and of course she's not to blame because his problem that he really is uh, behaving inappropriately came into his life long before he ever met her. But it's a natural reaction, especially when he's blaming her for everything under the sun, right? So this is something very important that my wife helps women with to know. And there's all kinds of categories, by the way, of uh, finding out if this is something going on in somebody's life, whether it's uh, uh, sexual behavior, uh, how you're being treated in intimate situations to uh, one's integrity or emotions or finances or time or what your computer or electronic devices are or are not being filtered and or reported to others and so forth. These are all ways in which somebody can be relatively easily uh, held to account and uh, you start to find out the real story very, very quickly at this point. But I want to... Couldn't it be... Let me interrupt for a second. Couldn't this, Clay, also be horrifically devastating to the sense of well-being and self-worth to a spouse who discovers this kind of behavior and maybe is struggling with confronting the other spouse because they are overwhelmed by a sense of, well, clearly it must be me. I I am incapable of satisfying him or he doesn't think I'm pretty anymore or uh, prefers what he sees in a magazine or online over me. And, and suddenly now they're filled with significant questions of, of self-worth, self-doubt, all of it. That's got to be almost a double whammy in a sense. Yes, you're absolutely right. And uh, the first thing I want to make sure she knows and understands is she is definitely not to blame. Uh, and I will say that in a marriage that becomes restored by God about this topic of sexual brokenness, that marriage can become better and more than either spouse could ever imagine, pray for, or hope for. I'm living proof of it. We have thousands of people we've helped that are living proof of it. Right now, in the circumstance, it's almost impossible for somebody to imagine that or hope for that, but it can happen. And the way you you bring that about is you get help, and uh, I would suggest strongly that it be confidential help. That's what we provide in our small groups. They're highly confidential. Nobody knows who's in them, when they meet, uh, how they meet, and so forth. But when you get into an environment with other people who have the same exact struggle that you have and you see how they are healed and restored by God's hand, it gives you encouragement to do what God is calling you to do. Those five things I mentioned, the, the, the heart, the mind, the mouth, the feet, and the cost, these are all the five ways that anybody when they make the decision, spiritually speaking, to go God's way, he will honor that. And if you uh, move in the direction of the Lord, whether you're a spouse or a man struggling in this area, and you draw yourself closer to the Lord, he will always honor that. He is the most forgiving person in the universe. He is the most loving person in the universe. He he actually hurts more than the spouse does, if, if you can imagine that. And he wants that marriage to, to work. He wants that marriage to be healed. He wants the man and the woman both to be healed. So, yes, it is scary, but it is very possible for it to be healed and restored. Let's take a time out at this juncture. We're here at a quarter away from 6 o'clock, and we're visiting with Clay Allen, founder and president of Avenue, 
the Sexual Restoration Ministry. More information, by the way, available online. If you're struggling, you're looking for a way out, you're not sure how to find that way out, and you need some help, confidential help, you can contact Avenue. Go online to avenue.works. You think of .com, right? This is .works, avenue.works. Or you can call them confidentially toll-free at 877-326-7000. That's 877-326-7000. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our conversation as Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, back to our conversation, 10 away from 6 o'clock here on this edition of Lifeline. Clay Allen is with us, founder and president of Avenue, a sexual restoration ministry. We shared their website. I'll do it again in a moment. Meanwhile, Clay, I want to come back to one of the, one of the big key components here, and that is being able to break this cycle of behavior. Sadly, in the case of the national ministry leader that we referred to, uh, nobody got to him in time. And when there were attempts to raise questions by those within the ministry organization, there were harsh rebuffs and uh, rebukes, rather, uh, and how dare there be a suggestion of any sort of impropriety. And so the the cycle of behavior was allowed to continue. Um, it's one thing for the individual to try and break it and admit that they have a problem, which I understand can oftentimes be as equally as difficult as breaking a, a significant substance abuse addiction. But what about for the loved one who sees something going on, knows there's a problem? How can they help? Yeah, great question. And the answer to that is they themselves get help first because that's all they have control over. They can control making a proactive decision to get help themselves, start finding out what they can do with some tools. For example, in the Women's the Healing Choice Program with Avenue, there's all kinds of tools, starting with the 20 questions that every woman needs uh, answers to that we offer free on our website. And my wife's uh, program has all kinds of resources to help her understand why she's not to blame, how, to, how in the world do you rebuild trust? Can you trust again? What are healthy boundaries? How to implement them? How to help your husband uh, accelerate his healing? This is a biblical concept that we discovered in the Bible. How ultimately how she can embrace hope and healing for herself, irrespective of whether or not he gets help. Because a lot of times he doesn't get help. When, she, when he sees her changed behavior because she's made Jesus her number one husband, he's got a decision to make. Do I draw near to God and ask him for help, or do I continue in my behavior? And many, many times when she gets help, he will follow eventually, and that's a glorious thing to see because that's one of the things we pray for, for him to come out of the tractor beam of the grips of hell because it's not healthy for him, for his family, for his kids, obviously, and it will be passed on to his kids if he doesn't deal with it. So the very first thing she can do is get help for herself certainly pray for her husband, but get with other women who have already been where she's at, been on uh, and gotten to the other side of healing. And when, by the way, uh, we talk about restoration, one of the glorious things that we help people with is to help them understand what their God-designed purpose and destiny is, and then to, to start to live it. 
and when you do, you won't go back to this type of behavior. It's, it's really an incredible thing, but you do have to have honesty. You have to peel back what's actually taking place, and this is one of the fastest ways to do it because a woman does have control over getting help herself. And for the man that's engaged in the behavior that perhaps has these moments of just sweeping, overcoming senses of guilt and shame uh, during or after the behavior, and then, of course, the cycle repeats. How, how, how can they short-circuit that to be able to, to jump out long enough to reach out and get some help? It's a great question. If a man who's listening to this or somebody who perhaps knows of somebody who's shaken the hand of compromise, it is a scary thing because what happens is the guy gets away with it, and he actually covers it up, and he actually thinks that he can outsmart everybody. And it's actually part of the adrenaline rush, by the way, when he covers up his tracks, uh, because it's all about control. It's not really about sex, by the way. And, and so this is what fuels the engine of that. But if he has shaken the hand, or you know somebody who's shaken the hand of compromise, there always comes a point where he gets tired, and he looks to go one of three ways. He looks to go back into the cycle, maybe at some point where he can cross a line in the sand and say, I won't go beyond it. And of course, he always does. Unfortunately, some people consider or actually follow through with suicide. But, you know, there's always one other place that a tired man looks. And, Craig, he looks for help. And our church needs to come to the rescue of these men and women because they always, always, always look for help. And churches, there's 93% of churches right now in America who do not have a program to help people in this mode. So how in the world can we blame the person who's struggling in this area if the church isn't coming to their rescue? We need to come to their rescue, and we need to not only come to their rescue, but do it in such a way that it's confidential. So there's not shame. They're not shamed further. They're loved upon and shown a better way. Jesus promised us a better way, and we help those people uh, that are struggling, whether they're a man or a woman with sexual matters that are inappropriate. We even help kids who are struggling in this area. We show them a better way, and we do it confidentially, and we are there 24-7 with them, literally 24-7, so that when they stumble and fall or they're having a bad day or a bad moment, they, all they have to do is text or call us, and we're available to them. This is one of the greatest things that we can imagine coming to the rescue for for a person like this, because it happens at all hours of the morning and night. And we need to have a system in place, like we do with Avenue, to, to come to their rescue. And churches need to get on board with this. And more and more of them are, and they're winning this battle. And it is a glorious thing, Fred, to see take place. Give us a quick snapshot of what you'll be talking about in your workshops during the um, virtual online bass convention. March 20th, 2020, we had the largest invasion in North America's history ever take place. Most people don't know what happened, but what happened was pornography producers and distributors unleashed free porn for 30 days. On the 31st day, those guys, the porn distributors, experienced a massive financial windfall, and the porn usage in North America spiked 40%, and it stayed at that point or right near that point since that point. And most churches have no idea how devastated their congregation has now become. We're going to show you how to overcome this, how to win this, how to have victory, how never to fall. 
if you're a pastor, if you're a church leader, if you're a layperson, if you're a spouse and you're struggling, your kids are struggling, we're going to show you exactly what to do. It's not expensive. It's available to everybody, and it's confidential. And we are here to come to the rescue so that every single person who God restores becomes heaven's hero, not only to themselves and to heaven, but to one another, their family members and their churches. I, I, I have devoted my life to this, and I never get tired of seeing people who are restored by God and say, yes, God, I want a new way. I want to live that way that Jesus talked about. Help me do that. And so we're going to show churches, we're going to show individuals how to do this and how to do it confidentially. And, and, and to start this army that's already started where churches are coming to the rescue of those who are so desperately in need for restoration of sexual brokenness. We're going to be uh, and speaking at uh, 9.30, by the way, on Saturday morning. 9.30 this Saturday morning. Information available at BassConvention.org. That's BassConvention.org. More information directly about the ministry of Clay Allen at Avenue. Available on the web at Avenue.Works. That's Avenue.Works. You think of .com, .this, .that. This is Avenue.Works. Or you can call confidentially, 877-326-7000. That's 877-326-7000. They offer online private workshops, counseling services, resource materials, and most importantly, a hand out of the addiction of pornography and um, other challenges that beset many relationships because of sexual impropriety. Again, online at avenue.works or 877-326-7000. Our thanks to Clay Allen, founder and president of Avenue, for being with us on this segment of Lifeline. Six o'clock, just the halfway point, a lot more to come. Let's get around the corner first, though, to help you do that. The latest from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. 